Hey everybody, this is Vin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Dakota 40. Before we start the show, we need to pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by Creamy.one. Creamy.one. Creamy is your premier source for adult toys and goods. They carry unique brands for empowered singles and couples interested in exploring their sexuality. So head over to Creamy.one. Creamy.one. That's C-R-E-A-M-I-E dot O-N-E. Don't forget to use code DECODEN40 for that 15% discount. Creamy.one. Now, let's start the show. Vince, they said you went to get some ice cream. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, listen, while while the internet is down, I should take this opportunity to taste the coquito ice cream to make sure. That wait, 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 wait. Is coquito ice cream? Yeah. Is that I, what it is? Listen, yeah. I made did you, coquito. Did you hear that? Um, did you hear that? I'm telling you, yo. L was like, yo, you should try to make an ice cream with it. Never thought about it. Oh my God. So I went, bought the stuff I needed. I bought one of these ice cream makers off Amazon, and uh, I made it today, and uh, it came out great. I just have to probably cut back on the liquor a little bit, and then <laughs> whoever said that, whoever said that. <laughs> well, so every bot, every bottle of coquito, I pretty much put a half a cup of one fifty one in it. Mm. So I have to bring that down some, just because. The um the liquor will when it I mean, freezes. It froze. Yeah, yeah, but it froze because I used a whipped cream to balance that. But I have to add some more things, and I, I know exactly oh, wow. what I have to do next time. When yeah, uh, come out perfect. So. I don't know how you deliver it. How you send that over the <laughs> mail? <laughs> Please figure that out. Yeah. Uh, this is another episode of Decoding Forty. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. This is L.O., live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up, it's your boy Vin, a.k.a. Vinny Pugazi, master of impressions. Yo, what's up, this is Hour, and I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> uh, Google, I, I, I just do heroin. That sounds gross. Oh, y'all just trying to blame me out. Oh, George, I'm being a packer. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. My name is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rock, and I'm here with my main man. What's good? This is your boy, L.O.Dot, and no a.k.a. Today, but in honor of our guests for the show today, I thought I'd quote the honorable Q-tip as I am just a humble little germ, just a hip version. What's up, your boy, Vin, a.k.a. Kid Coquito, back in the building. Hope everybody's chilling out there. Peace. This is Alaric. Doesn't get old for me. So what's going on, fellas? What is going on in your lives? Uh, I've been in the lab today. And I was running a little late, and the guys were about to give me some shit. But I have mastered the recipe of Coquito ice cream. I created some Coquito ice cream. I ordered the ice cream machine. The shit came out dope. Got to make a couple tweaks to it. But it is delicious. Didn't have to compromise any of the rum in it. 
So uh, it's ice cream that actually will give you a fucking buzz. And it was smooth and delicious. And that's, uh, you know, again, I am selling Coquito, as you all know, right? So you can buy a bottle from me, you know, hit me up on my Instagram, DM me, uh, email me, Vincent Perez 2 at Gmail for those orders. And the Coquito ice cream, I'm going to be giving it out as a sample to a couple of buyers. So if you buy more than uh, three bottles, you definitely can get a sample of that Coquito ice cream. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking probably by Christmas, if I can really perfect it, I might be selling it as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It goes great with uh, other desserts. You can mix it with your cake, your cookies or whatever. Uh, It's a pusher man's. That's really? a pusher man that's, setting you that's up. Fat man's. I'm going to give you the sample. <laughs> <laughs> what you're trying to do, Poppy, you get yeah, a little I'm sample, right? Taste. You get a little sample first, right? You put it in your veins and then you taste it. And then when it's very, very good, I'm there to give you some more. The so, first sample yeah. is free. The next one is for a fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm your pusher man. Uh, yeah, man. So I, I, I spent, you know, the day trying to get that shit together. Finally got together. Other than that, man, I'm chilling. Um, did a show at Broadway Comedy Club on Saturday, and I had a good set, but this fucking host tried to rush me off the set because he wanted to come up and do like two or three minutes before my set, which is fine. But then don't come and try to rush me, you know, off my set because you wanted to do your little funky ass two, three minutes. <laughs> so like at three minutes, this motherfucker starts waving the, 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 the phone at me like to like like I got I'm running out of time. I was like, fuck that. I did my time. And he then he got like crazy with the white light and he was waving it all crazy at me. And I was just like, nah, son, I'm gonna get my five minutes. So I got my five minutes and I left. But um, you know, that le- left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And I know that uh I gotta get back to writing and, and, and getting more material together. So I've been writing some stuff, been working out again. This is day two, trying to lose this fucking Puerto Rican belly I have. I don't know how 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 uh, much I'm gonna lose before the holidays, probably nothing, but I gotta keep. I got to get back on my game, man. You know, this, uh, I don't want to be a fat body. So other than that, man, everything is chill. Dude, you just going to you just gonna, <laughs> lose 10 pounds to eat it back on Thursday. Yo, as long as you get a net loss and net gain, it's all good. Listen, debits and credits. You know, I, out, right? Listen, I, I I don't know, man. If, if, if once I get off, uh, get off tonight, man, I might be eating that Coquito ice cream and I can say, fuck <laughs> losing weight. So no. I'm eating my weight. My 600 pound life. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and fry some chicken. Nigga. Go ahead and fry some chicken. Just In pour the, the gravy down my throat. <laughs> I can't even get out the bed. My limbs hurt. <laughs> the cameras is going to come in. He's going to just have the, the ice cream maker on his chest. <laughs> <in the bed. laughs> <laughs> Spitting out Coquito ice cream right into your mouth. Uh, I'm just gonna have one of those Carvel machines with the with the, with the handle. <laughs> you just pull it down and just yeah. Every 30 minutes, he's pulling the handle. Oh shit! Is it ready yet? Yeah, this, this better not be like no McDonald's machine. It better ever break down. <laughs> oh, that's savage. Oh man, but that's basically it for my check-in, fellas. That's what's up. That's what's up. So I don't really have much of a check-in, but I did have a question. So earlier today, I was on the train and I saw two people smoking crack in the uh, stairwell. (laughs) Don't they know it's 2021? (laughs) The irony or the the crazy part is... Did they have on masks? And they did not have masks on, no. (laughs) There were two police officers right around the corner up the stairs. So... 
I don't know if who remembers what crack smells like, but if you were born in the 80s, it, it has a very distinctive smell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walk by them. I'm like, this cannot be real right now. So they're smoking away. And there's a woman behind me singing uh, gospel songs. And then she starts saying, <laughs> this is New York 2021, right? So then she starts saying, Oh, y'all smoking crack <laughs> loud, walks up the stairs, tells the police officers, you know, there's people smoking crack right down the stairs. So the police run downstairs. And I, it, part of me was like, lady, mind your fucking business. Right. This, we're in the little, middle of a pandemic. They're probably homeless, homeless. They don't have any clean clothes, probably didn't have any food or much you know, access to food. Let them fucking have their piece of crack in peace. So I wanted to get y'all thoughts. Like, what would you have done? Would you have said something to the police or would you have just kept it moving? It depends. If my kids were around, for sure. If it's just me, I'm just going to, I'm going to just keep it moving. I would. Wait, isn't crack recreational now, though? No, no, no. Crack is not recreational. Are you sure? Only weed. Only weed. Should be. Um, First of all, my question is: I think cracks recreational. How, how did how did Lady Jesus even know what crack smelled like? Has she been in the church all her life? She probably well, had been. Because in the church. Listen, if you lived through the eighties, you know what every crack saint meant. used to be a sinner. Don't don't exactly. get it twisted. Praise the God! Are you smoking crack? And she did have a, a, a tinge of jealousy in the way she was calling it out. Y'all smoking like she, crack? She, she probably did that to help keep herself from backsliding. Uh, pretty she's, much. She's trying to protect herself. She didn't want to end up at the help center. She didn't want to end up at the help center. <laughs> so wait a minute. So Alaric, you said if your kids were there. So my kids weren't there. So that's why I didn't feel compelled to say anything. Right. It, yeah. If my kids were there, I probably would have said, uh, officer, there's some crack being smoked down there. <laughs> you would have had to use but, that voice too. Yeah, I had to use my white, my white voice, <laughs> my paycheck voice. Uh, officer, there's a, uh, there's a guy smoking crack down there. I really want to hear what Alaric sounds like at the at the at work for real though. I sound like this. There's not gonna, there's not going to be. I think you have more bass in your voice when you at work than than you do with, when you're here with us. I don't know. I've seen you at work. I think you got more bass. Alaric smooth that I like the way you, I like the way your voice sounds at work because it's so sexy. Yeah, yeah that know. sounds that sounds weird, bro. I like it. Pause, like pause, it. pause. It's, I mean, it's like, more throaty. It's, it's more ain't throaty pause in the world for that. But no, it, sounds, so ben, it what, did sound weird, bro. Ben, would you have uh would you have said something? I wouldn't have said shit, and that's from a transit worker. I wouldn't mm. have said a goddamn thing. I, w- I and now if there's children, like small children around, like I would have said, like, yo, can you like yeah, Smoke take that crack somewhere yeah, else. Straight. But um, it just me passing by. I wouldn't have said a goddamn thing. I, that shit is none of my business. I, I wouldn't you smoke your crack in peace, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, you dropped a piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, you no, dropped a little piece of crack over there, no buddy. There's no dropping crack. There's no dropping <laughs> no. crack. They would have been looking around <laughs> you, for like they would have been looking around for like two days if you told me. I'd be like, I've been, I've been like, live your, live your crack ass life. I went, went by the cops and be like, thank you for your service, officer. Have a good day. And just kept moving. I don't get mm. it. Them officers smelt that crack and give, didn't give a fuck. Because yeah, you know The only reason is? they moved because somebody complained. Because somebody said something. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that it doesn't make sense to write or, or, or write them a ticket or even do anything like that because they're going to be taken to the precinct. If they even go that far, they take them to the precinct. They're going to be let out. So they're going to be able to get some sandwiches and shit like that to eat. And they're going to be let out and they're going to go right back to the same spot they were smoking crack in. It's not, they're not going to do anything different. 
And they smoked all the evidence. This is a candle. <laughs> this is my crack alone. <laughs> this is a candle. I was praying to Jesus before she interrupted me, sir. <laughs> Oh, that's that's just my uh, my scented oils. Oh, that's yeah. my oils I use. <laughs> crack dole. That's old the crack. <laughs> this is Leon, and I'm done speaking. I want to tell you about a, a group of fucking Mulians, right? They called the Code of Forty. I watch these guys on fucking YouTube. Great guys, right? I also listen to their podcast. But get this. These fucking guys are crazy. They left a fucking telephone number for you to leave a message with them, right? It's 608-618-4040. It's 608-618-4040. I like to call them sometime and break their fucking balls and call them movies and stuff like that. You can do all that stuff. What's going to happen? They're going to come get you. Forget about it. 608-618-4040. It's your fucking life already. So I'll go. I'll go next. Uh, my daughter started crawling and it's like a crawl fest from one side of the, the new place to the other. So that's been interesting. So all, immediately now I have to get ring cameras, cameras and gates. And I have oh, to do yeah. all of that probably in like a 48 hour period. So I'm like really on this mission to really understand how to make all these devices work on this new network. So I'm having to go to like Home Depot, Best Buy, yada, yada, yada. And I have discovered Jersey driving ain't shit. Y'all are crazy out here. Like stop signs, uh, stop lights are optional. Uh, speed limit is a suggestion and people making rights from the left lane on the highway is normal. I'm not comfortable. I never realized how much New York City enforced the driving laws. I'd never understood it until I moved out here. And my mother used to tell me, rest in peace, that New Jersey drivers were the worst, but I didn't fully wrap my head around it until I've been out here for a week. And it's crazy. Like no signals, no nothing. It's bananas. So I um, respect due to your moms, but Pennsylvania drivers are worse than Jersey. Oh, oh, oh. Jersey drivers. I I disagree. Pretty bad. California drivers are the worst drivers in the part of California. LA specifically. I don't know. There's so much traffic. It's like, how do you be how can you be a bad driver in so much traffic? Driving in New York, you become a defensive driver, right? There's certain things you don't do. You don't speed up to get in front of somebody to then go to speed limit. Like, why would you do that? Just go behind a guy, right? <laughs> California, that is a regular thing. That, but that happened. That has happened to me here. And yeah, I've that been here. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's not a regular thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, People do that I shit hate, all the time. I hate. I hate driving here. I hate drive. I hate driving to Jersey. It's it's terrible. It's terrible. They do that shit all the time in Jersey City, and I swear to God. I wish I had the power of Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader to choke these niggas out <laughs> while I drive by <laughs> and make them come to a complete stop and let them choke for like just five hold out minutes. your hand while you drive just like just <laughs> grab them just the Luke Skywalker choke for real because they are yeah you know you are right Mac I I, I am very frustrated when I drive in New York in uh, New Jersey very, because very I'm a New York driver and we are very defensive so it's like. Like Rick said, they will come right in front of you <laughs> to do 10 miles slower than what but, you're going. Why but I feel that? like they're doing extra because I still have my New York plates. So I feel like they're doing it extra, like extra things to me because I haven't switched my plates over to Jersey plates. Nor do I think I will. But that's on the Let, story. 
no, you you definitely want to switch your place because I'm telling you, you will you will probably uh, get more attention and more stops by the police for having your plates than you will if you have a Jersey plates. From experience, I know, you know Crazy. what I mean? Because when I moved to New Jersey finally and I had New York plates, they used to fuck with me a lot. So yeah, definitely ch- get your, your place changed. And and then last but not least, I have to say, uh, it's a lot of services out here, and 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 the Uber and and the rest, the the Uber. I got white people internet now. It's really nice that white people internet is great, and uh and and the Uber driver is nicer. Not the Uber driver, sorry, the Uber Eats driver and the grocery delivery. They're a lot more pleasant and they're a lot more friendly, and everything is like thirty five percent cheaper. It seems like so. I'm just uh, for that part of Jersey. I'm actually enjoying it, and I'm really taking it all in. So uh, mm, I bet white man's ice is so much cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it, <laughs> well, is. it is. Well, look, it is. He looked, I, the he, white man's he ice looked, is fresh. Uh, he, he got he his just, polo shirt on and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. It's a lot going. On. I went in there. They cheated. They cheated. Hey, he treated me like uh, like like what like white man's burden. I was like, yo, I need a futon. Let me show you in the back. We have some nice. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was, it was wonderful. So, where do you live? First thing, question just, they asked me: Where do you live? I told the him Bronx. where I live. He was like, "Oh, let me show you. Let me take you in the back. It's real. Treat me real different. Real different. It's okay." He just moved from the real Bronx. Com- anything compared to that is probably going to be better. But I'm, but I'm from Queens. Nicer. I'm from Queens, and I yes. and I know that Long Island life. So, but this is kind of nice. It's kind of nice. I'm, I'm getting right. some. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, I, I, I do have one suggestion for you because I know you guys just moved into a yeah, new yeah. place yeah. and you're trying to baby proof. Get down yeah. on all fours yeah. and look around to see what you can pull off a shelf, see what you can stick your finger in. So funny that's you what, say this. What you can bump your head on, that's what you baby proof. We didn't you realize. Gotta, you you got to get down. The changing table that we changed the baby on, we put her on the floor. She went over to the changing table, grabbed the drawer, almost pulled the whole thing down on her face. Mm. So oh. I have to, I have to mount that to the wall. Yeah, crazy. And and like I said, I'm dealing with this ring situation and all that. But but that's the other thing. So we got plugs for all of the outlets, and so that came in today. And then we're gonna we're gonna mount all of the furniture to the wall yep. so that it doesn't so that it can't be pulled over on her. So yep, yeah, yeah, your life's about to be different. It's about to be different. It's, it's now different. That, it's different. Because crawling is uh it's just a few yeah. months. She's I know. gonna be running. Walking is walk walking is come. I know it's coming. It's, Yo, coming. Max. it's coming. And her favorite thing is her favorite thing is to stand up with daddy. She's like, Daddy, hold my hands and let me practice standing. So I know walking is not far behind. Oh. Yo, Max. You had this you had the security of putting her down somewhere and you come back and she's in the same place because she and can't she's, go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's over, we have bro. this thing. We have this thing that we call the jail. It's like a it's like a habitat for her. And we call it the jail. It was like put her in the jail. But she's like, she's like the jail. Fuck, it, fuck the jail. We call it the jail. Yeah, Yo, Mac. Do you I'm tell her you're right putting now. her in jail? No, well, I say that to my wife. I'd be like, I'd be like, what? I'd be like, where's where's my daughter? She's like, she's in the jail. All right, great. Wow. I'm gonna tell you this right okay. now. If I ever see you <laughs> with your daughter, yeah, with one of those fucking kid leashes on, I'm gonna scream on you. I don't ever if, want to see you with a kid leash. If I'm if don't I'm at the mall, if I'm at the mall, leash. no, she's getting no, a kid leash. no, she's not. No, she's do not do that leash. because you might as well. If you if if you do that, then your new name is going to be Barry, Barry White, yeah, <laughs> Barry, Barry Obama, Barry Obama, Barry Obama White. Because that listen, don't put your kid on a leash. You got to get a trainer. Look, 
No, look, I've I've had to go somewhere with two toddlers. I completely understand why the leash was necessary. I'm just lucky that my kids wanted to go in the same direction because I could chase them both. If they ever decided we're going to run in two different directions, I'm fucked. You need security. That leash is it's a, nah, that's what that, is. that that leash is unacceptable. I'm just nah, saying I understand. Is. I just say I yeah, understand you know why it exists. Y'all kids are out of the leash stage, and y'all are really popping a lot of mess. But I know, my children, I know. No, my, both I my daughters my never on need a leash. leash. They, and never they grew up in New York. Exactly. I would take my oldest to Roosevelt Field Mall, and she knew by the sound of my voice, "Don't fucking test me." If I'm that, if I'm in that American Dream Mall, and she running off, I might have to just. Nah, you gotta let her know. You start. You start. You got. You got. She's got to learn early. That's what it is. That's what it is. What's going on with you, Rick? I mean, I just have a quick complaint. Okay. Always. Um, so I pretty much have been living on the road for the last uh, couple months. Like, I feel like I've been in more hotels than, than nights I spent in my bedroom. Why the fuck is it 63 degrees when I walk into a hotel room? Why? Why? Because it's, people like me like it cold. It's, it's 48 like degrees it? outside. Why is it 63 degrees inside the hotel room when I walk in? It's ridiculous. That's, That's 25 my only degrees complaint. warmer. That's 25 degrees warmer. I'm sorry, bro. I can't. I, I Every time I come into a hotel room, I got to turn it up to 78 until it gets warm enough for me to take my clo- take my, my jacket off. That's the Caribbean it's in too you. Cold. That's the Caribbean in you. You just, you just need a Caribbean. Hot. It is. That's what it is. I can't do it in a hotel room. Why don't you cold. call ahead and say, listen, I want my room <laughs> at this sem- temperature. I'm going to check the website, but I'm not sure uh, Holiday Inn Express does that. But I'm, I'll, I'll uh, check it right. out. I'm going <laughs> to check they, it they out. Will, they, will, they will be like, oh, sure, no problem. Yeah, Holiday, right. Holiday Inn up. Express, West Virginia, uh, we don't do shit. <laughs> oh, there's a black on the phone who wants his room hot. <laughs> One of them uppity niggers. One of them uppity I'm niggers a- from New York. One of them New York niggers is want his, wants the war- wants his Fucking room warm. I tell you, I'm gonna go up there and fart in his room. It'll be warmer when he gets in. You walk in that motherfucker, be a cross burning. <laughs> Said you wanted it hot. When, <laughs> there <yeah>. you go. <laughs> that ain't gonna get yeah, no you can't fuck around up here, bro. All right. Well, that's my <laughs> check in. Yo, this is Vincent, a.k.a. Many Voices. Hey, what's up? This is Alaric, and I'm speaking directly into the mic. This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rourke, making all your dreams come true. This is Hello. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Make sure that you follow us. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do we tweet? A little bit. We tweet. We tweet. All right. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. No Snapchat at all. And go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. Thank you for listening to Coding 40, <laughs> goddammit. No. As exciting as that was, more exciting today, more exciting, more exciting. What I'm excited about more is fire, more fire. More fire. We are blessed and honored to have very, very, very special guests. These gentlemen started in 1991, created an institution which is 30 years old. They've hosted some of the earliest lyrical performances of some of the best foundational hip-hop artists in history. They are the co-founders of the Lyricist Lounge. Check, check, They are a staple in the New York City nightlife, active promoters for party and nightlife promotions, and they still do brand activations today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Decoding 40, Danny Castro and Ant Marshall. What's up, my brothers? How are you? First of all, y'all look funny as hell. 
Y'all are definitely have me cracking up. Thank you for being here. So let, let, let's get into it. For those people who are living under a rock or, or may not know, what is the Lyricist Lounge? Where did you guys come from and how did you get started? Yeah, uh, just to jump in. I mean, Lyricist Lounge, so we started, as you said, 30 years ago. It started as really like a showcase for up-and-coming artists. Uh, we were a bunch of dancers going to, uh, you know, high school with, you know, folks like Most Def and Big L and a number of folks and, you know, hanging out with people like Quali and others that were in Washington Square Park. And it really just became something that we wanted to get better at as MCs, you know. And so we took this concept indoors, uh, had a mentor and really kind of developed this idea of, you know, freestyling off the head, you know, making, you know, it wasn't even about songs at that point. It was just really about developing the craft. From there, it kind of snowballed into so many other things, man, you know, uh, developing several tours, well, really going from studio days into more of a showcase, being more professional from the showcases, evolving into more of a tour situation, the albums, uh, into the television show, you name it. What was but the venue was- you guys started at? First, really, it was a uh, a loft on Orchard Street. So it was just really a, a rehearsal space with, like, mm. you know, a bunch of broken drums and broken drumsticks and, like, a tape deck and some talent. Folks were really talented, and that's that's really what made it. From there, uh, the first venue venue was uh, a spot called uh, Muse, the Muse. Like the the Muse? Bar. Where was the Muse at, place? That was uh, down on it's meatpacking, right? Mm-hmm. Meatpacking. Yeah, street. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's when we wanted to become more. We was like, oh, we got to become more professional. Like, <laughs> let's, you know, <laughs> let's go somewhere. Let's go somewhere professional. Let's go to, to the Muse. So when you it guys... used to be Mars. I don't know if, how far back you guys go. With I remember that like, too. 2112 or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mars mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, this is a weird time for me because I lived in Nashville. This is when I went away from school and I lived in Nashville for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get that New York nightlife like you, you guys got. Mm-hmm. So only when I would come back, you know, someone would be like, oh, we need to go to this spot. Oh, uh, you missed out, man. I know. And then I'd drink too much and I'd forget what spot I was at. And then so, and then <laughs> the, cycle, <laughs> the cycle continues. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, New York, you know, nightclubs back in those days, for anybody that's listening, you know, it, it was uh, it was a different thing. I started going out when I was 14 years old, you know, and at 14, where you could get fake ID on 42nd Street, it was a different time. The international student identification. I got one yes. of those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is, that what, is that what they call it? <laughs> I think that's what the ID said. It was it was like, uh, yeah, it was the McLovin. Um, it was, I, I don't think any I don't think any doorman at any New York City club believed that those IDs were real. No. They were just like, they just appreciated the effort so they let you yeah. in anyway. Mm. Exactly. Well, you know what? I, I was lucky. I had I had like the fucking Abraham Lincoln's like beard because I had like the beard but no mustache. So <laughs> they, they, uh-huh. they were like, this guy might be 21. I don't know. He does have facial hair. He, he might be muscle. Amish. I'm not sure. He might sure. be Amish. Yo, he's Amish. Yo, he's Amish. Uh, These <laughs> Puerto Rican Amish is crazy out here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Eli. Oh, Eli wants to party. Eli Ezekiel must be on his mission. <laughs> this thing got a horse. He got a horse and carriage outside right now. That is Ezekiel. Uh, with carriage. rims on it. He got a, he got a carriage with rims on it. it. We're, We're gonna ride. 
These rims ain't gonna spend themselves, brother. <laughs> oh man. I'm trying to get it in before I milk these cows. I'm trying to get you know, it in. Exactly. That's it. That's it. But uh yet yeah, that reminds me because in high school all the ladies would get into Bentleys and uh <laughs> I'd be looking at them like, Yeah, I went to a club club? <laughs> and then uh <laughs> You had to wear hard would, bottoms. Right, right. I would try to get into Limelight and all the other clubs. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, um, from there, we really just kind of kept doing what we were doing, trying to get better and better at what we were doing. You know, as as young kids in the business, we really didn't know what we were doing. But yeah, we brought, you know, Eminem out in, in like 96. You know, mm-hmm. We did the Bad Boy launch party hosted by Puff and Big in 93. And that was classic. And so, you know, a lot of classic nights, man. A lot, a lot of classic events. Big came on, like, went early in his career, right? Yeah, 93. It was the launch party for the label. Wow. So how'd you guys come up with the idea? Like, like what was the conversation? Like, you guys were sitting at the bar drinking like, like we were when we came up with this? Or did you guys, like, how did you guys come up with the idea? I always take it back to when we both got arrested. So we were both in jail. We were in juvenile <laughs> detention. Uh, we were about, I don't know, maybe 16 years old. We just did something real stupid. Like we tried to steal. We were a part of this clique called the Low Lights and we were like oh, stealing yeah. clothing oh. and all this shit, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. we, we went in and into Jersey and uh, I don't know if it was Redding or wherever we went, sold some sweaters, got caught. We're in jail two weeks. And while we're in, the, in there, we just, I remember us having some conversations like, yo, we, we can't do this anymore. You know, when we get out of here. And I always feel like that was really the beginning because, you know, we had a mentor and our whole conversation was just like, when we get out, we need to really talk to the mentor and figure out what we can do. And so he had the space on Orchard Street, the studio. He was like, oh, well, I'm not using it. If you guys want to use it, you know, do something with it, invite some people. We were like, hell yeah. You know, you don't tell some young kids 15, 16, while well, we were at one price, 16, 17 at that time, that I have an open space that y'all can have the keys to <laughs> to do what y'all want. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how many people did you put in there? The studio apartment held like 30 to 40 people. And when we started off, we only had like about maybe five of our, our friends come by, you know, that were inspiring rappers. MCs. So, and then we kept doing it every week and, you know, word of mouth got around. That's when a lot of folks were hanging out in Washington Square Park doing ciphers in, you know, in the East Village. And uh, that's how word of mouth got around. I mean, we knew our people. We had a, before we was even doing this, we were like dancers and we would go to nightclubs. This was like way before Giuliani came into office and like just destroyed New York City, like the nightlife. We were going into these nightclubs with fake IDs <laughs> and and that's how we actually met. And through that time, like Ant was dancing with this crew called Jiggy and um, they were like in a process of I don't even think they even had a record deal yet, but they were just dancers. Some of them danced for special ed and then, you know, mm. other other known artists. A lot of dancers evolved to becoming MCs. So that's where it all started. And um, <clears throat> so we were inviting our friends to come over, you know, kick some rhymes. Like our mentor told us, like, hey, if you if you could get some 
artists to come over. Like I could invite some friends of our friends of his from the music industry to come and check them out. So that's what inspired it. You know, we just started having these open mics and it was like a busted drum kit there. And, mm. you know, we had like one of our boys bring his turntables and set up on the kitchen sink. And, you know, like it was just real grimy and organic, you know? That shit is so right. fucking dope though, man. That yeah. shit is like, I'm, I'm, because I remember growing up and going to parties like that and everybody be like, well, can you smoke there? Well, hell yeah, nigga, you smoking there. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of blunt smoke, yeah. a lot of yeah. the shorties, you know what I'm yep. saying? You dance it against the wall, you got a mint ball in your mouth because mm-hmm. Keisha got a fat ass. <laughs> so it's all, 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 all beautiful shit, yep. man. Yep. So I have a question. What What was the craziest thing that ever happened at an event that you memorable, that you guys remember? Oh, man. I mean... Depends on what kind of crazy you're talking about, like a good crazy or a bad crazy. <laughs> we can get crazy. Well, well, let's start with good crazy. Let's start with good crazy and, and let's first, evolve. First all, after that. Uh, can, can we talk about body language? Because as soon as you said the craziest thing that happened at an event, Ant rubbed his forehead. <laughs> Whatever popped into your head when you heard that. That's, that's the story. story. That's the story. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah, that's yeah, the story yeah, we need. Yeah. Uh, Which one you think it is, Danny? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's just all early shit. It's how we met. It's really hey, how we met. Yeah, that is that's definitely that's probably crazy the craziest story. shit. <laughs> like I said, we started going to you know out to nightclubs when we were hella young. I'm 14, 15, probably at this point, going to Roseland. Roseland was like this spot that held like four thousand people, and at this point in time, you know, you got a lot of this nightclub was mostly Puerto Rican folks. Right. And one black kid, you know what I'm saying? Hanging out amongst the folks, you know, and it was all love, you know, especially amongst the ladies, you know, got some love and danced a bit and had some fun. But then the night was over and it was time to leave. And so I'm talking to this one girl and all I remember is just talking to her and she's talking to me. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And her eyes just went like this. And I was like. And everything slowed down. And she was like, run, Poppy, run, Poppy. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I turn around and I start fucking running down the block. And if you know New York, this is right on like 50, probably 52nd Street. And so I'm jetting on the way down to 8th Avenue and 9th Avenue, heading towards the train station. And I, and I kind of get away, but I don't. And then I get jumped. I basically get jumped by like 8 to 12 dudes. And when I get away... Sneaking anyway, I got away and I bump into a good friend of mine who I usually go to clubs with all the time, my boy Mike. And so Mike is walking with Danny. And so yeah, I pop up out of nowhere. And Danny, you could probably explain that part even better because yeah. you're on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. So like uh, a mutual friend of ours, his name was Mike. So we were celebrating his 16 year birthday that day. And we were all going to Roseland. I didn't meet Ant yet. So like when we entered the club, Ant was in the dance circle doing his thing on the dance floor in the dance circle. But then after he got his like got busy and everything, then he started like dancing with these girls and flirting with these girls and they were and they were digging him. But then but what he didn't notice was a bunch of haters all looking at him in a circle like, you know, like, hey, who's this? Who's this Moreno? Like trying to like you know, bag out girl or something. Who the you know fuck what I mean? Is this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, 
tension was around, but he was not even acknowledging none of that, right? <laughs> and then, so that was the first time I met him, and, you know, my boy introduced us. He was like, yo, this is my partner, Aunt, Aunt, this is Danny, blah, blah, blah. So fast forward to the end of the night, we all leave and we exit from the back of the club. So everybody's exiting. And while when we leave, we didn't know where Ant was. Mm. So we leaving and then we see a, a big crowd and a, a big commotion like down the block. And we like, yo, what's going on? There's a fight. So we go over there, of course, to check out who's fighting. And then like... We had another friend of ours named Alex. He goes in to see who's fighting and he's like, oh shit, it's Ant, right? And he's trying to like get these people off of him. Ant was like all balled up down on the ground and they trying to stomp him out and everything. But you know, like during that time, like Ant was like a hundred pounds wet. You know what I mean? Because he's like 50 pounds light. 105, 105. So like he, you know, he's balled up. So they trying to get him, but so many of them are trying to jump him. So they barely touching him. And then somehow he did some magical weave out of this, you know, big circle of heads trying to beat him down. And then he just like runs for his life. And I think if I remember correctly, my friend Alex kind of helped him out because he was like, yo, chill, chill, chill. That's our boy, whatever. But then they didn't care. So they started running after him and they chased him. So we walking down the street and, you know, my friend Mike is all stressed out. He's like, damn, man. And it's always starting some shit, man. I hope he's like, this ain't true. And then he's like, he's like, yo, I hope he's all right. And then he's like real stressed out. And this was back in the day. So I want you to picture like this is when like the house era first started. And like, you know, remember when folks were rocking like clown shoes and like bell oh, yeah. bottoms and all Zodiacs of that. and Paisley yeah, shirts and all high that. tops and all the So our friends Yeah. So our friend our friend Mike, he was like, you know, on the innovative side of that and he was he went to the club with bell bottoms and like the big ass clown shoes and everything. So of course everybody was looking at him like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? But anyway, we walking down and this was on 52nd street and like eighth Avenue. So we going to catch the train and he's like, Oh man, I hope they didn't catch him. I hope he's all right. (laughs) So then we turn around and this motherfucker pops out of nowhere, Anthony. And he's like, yo, what's up guys? What's going on? And we like, what the fuck? Where where do you come from? So then he tells us that he he got away. He like squeezes his way into like, you know, when they had the gates and they would chain the gates up. So there was like a little open space. So he somehow he <laughs> made his way through like this gate. It's just big like, enough for 105 yeah, pounds. Exactly. <laughs> it really was. Exactly. No, it's like at the bottom of the gate. Like yeah. literally squeezing oh, underneath wow. the gate. I was like, if I could squeeze my head, I could squeeze my body. <laughs> just like, just like a city rat. He's like, yo, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, seriously. Like, let me get subway the, rat. Let me shit. get the head And was dragging <laughs> a slice of pizza with him. He was like, <laughs> right, right, right. Right. I got food and everything. Yeah, no, but, but it was at a time too, just to jump in. Like, yeah, this was at like the wild and out period. You know, this is when like the Central Park, mm. all this shit yeah. was going on. You had, you know. 
And folks, city was is, hot. City, you could die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the city, yeah, the city was crazy because, like, you know, yeah, that's when was. there was a lot of drug dealers in the clubs. Yeah, you man. You know, heads was rocking like, it. You gold. literally was running for your life. So think, you know, you think about it. Like, you have all these drug dealers in a club with their gold chains on and jewelry. <laughs> and then you have this skinny black kid, like, you know, snatching up their girls. So they like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So that's and how they, it was. And they probably weren't even their girl, right? Yeah, that's probably the other thing. Right, exactly. It probably wasn't. They were probably <laughs> like their girl <laughs> from the hood that they always wanted to get with and shit. Right. And they, and they, and, and they got a ride in their Benz. So yeah, they community hating. property. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I remember. You said it. I did. I remember, <laughs> I remember going to a spot one time. I don't even know where the fuck we was at. I was with my boys. And we went up into, the, into this spot. And there's this nice, cute Puerto Rican chick was talking. Like talk, We were talking to each other. And just like Ant got that look, she kind of had this look. And, it, it, you know, like you said, the music starts slowing down. You're looking around like, yo, why is everybody mean mugging me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to go. <laughs> uh-huh. And that was, that was New York then, you know? Yep. Yeah, when the LES was the LES, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And now yeah. it's you know yeah. I I was down at the Low East Side about <laughs> two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen so many fucking dogs and yoga pants in my life. <laughs> it's not even the LES that I remember. Uh, you know, it's uh, different going to. It's oh, it's, all, it's, it's totally New York different. is New York is like fucking Hunger Games, like the city in Hunger Games. It's just it's it's a whole different feeling and vibe and energy to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's not authentic like it used to be. I guess things change, but shit, man, they just really did a number to it. Yeah. What's up, what's up, world? This is Danny Castro from the Lyricist Lounge, along here with my partner. And Marshall, and you're now listening to Decoding Fort. When you're going through the beginning part of what becomes Lyricist Lounge, did it feel like you were building something, or did it just feel like I'm just being me? I'm just hanging out. This is I'm with my people. But it, did it did it feel like in the beginning you were building an institution? In the very beginning, uh, our goal was to uh, build an institution. We okay. actually. We actually wanted to like wanted it to be a nonprofit organization, and you know the vision was a collaborative thing that um, came from us, but also our mentor. You know, he instilled that in us, like because he was just all about becoming us becoming entrepreneurs. Because he has a he current he still has a nonprofit organization called SBI Sound Business Institute, where he would like go to different high schools and teach high school students how to become entrepreneurs. So that's basically where it all came from. Nice. But, um, but when we started doing it, like we didn't know it was going to be as successful as it, as it became because like it took a while for people to even take it seriously. And, you know, like, but once the, once the word of mouth started going out, getting out more and more, more people started coming to the studio apartment and it got to a point that it was just way over capacity and we had to be out. We, you know, they actually kind of like kindly kicked, kicked us out of the studio <laughs> apartment and, you know, we had to move. 
So what's, so what's the most is, number of people? I'm sorry, one more thing back. Yeah. What's the most number of people you had in that apartment? Completely cashed down, like flowing out of the apartment down the hallway, maybe 60 people or so. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to add to something you were talking about earlier in terms of like whether we knew we were building one. Like in the beginning, kind of we just we didn't really get it. You know what I mean? It was just a showcase. We knew we had something. We were trying to get better and better at it. But like after we did that uh, bad boy event, that's really what changed things. You know, like once we kind of saw the industry come out, I just remember the next day we were like, all right, you know, like we got to we got to take this way more serious. Mm. And in a lot of ways, like we inspired a lot of people to kind of create music because when it was just an open mic, you got to think we were representing like hundreds of MCs, right? And so when it was just an open mic, people was just out rocking. But when we took it to the next level and we said, okay, well, this now needs to be a showcase. Like you have to submit a demo that forced a lot of people to go into the studios. You know what I mean? So in a lot of ways, it was like, they then also had a demo. They now had a demo, you know, that they can then go into the record labels with and potentially get a record deal. It wasn't always clicking for everyone that that's how it worked. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. early 90s, you had to have a friend. You're like, oh, you know someone that works at a label? Like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't so second, you know, it wasn't secondhand real quick. Like, oh, yeah, let's make a demo. This, you know, maybe around 94. Four, five, six became a lot more, you know, a lot easier. Everyone kind of got it. More studios were available, but it wasn't a lot of equipment like that. Everyone didn't have a studio, you know, it was very different. Who was the dopest MC that you guys heard <laughs> Fuck, <man>. that never <laughs> got anywhere? Like the dope, the person that you thought was going to be the next one. It just never really happened. Because wow. we know the ones that happened. There's a lot of MCs that we worked with that we probably thought was going to be bigger than they actually became. If we if we mention a name, then they'll feel like, <laughs> oh, damn. I feel like we, I didn't make any. You know, that's how you feel, Danny. Like that. right, that's, 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 that's how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, you know what it is? I think for, for who we were and the, the people we represented, we weren't thinking about being big. You know what I mean? It wasn't about being big. It was about being nice. Right. You know what I mean? If you were nice, that was good. That was good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like it was about maybe, the craft. Yeah. About the, at the time, yeah, at the yeah, time, yeah, at the time. It's, it's it's like, the, like the street cred had more value than, than the monetary yes, value at yes, the time. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? I remember that. I remember yeah. that. So as as professionals in this and as as curators of this content, how do you what is your demarcation point or what is your difference between a rapper, an MC and a lyricist? I would love to hear that from you guys, because that's honestly when you guys said that, that's one of the reasons why I started Mm -hmm. really studying Mm -hmm. from lyricist lounge to be like, nah, like Hammer's a rapper. No shade. Mm -hmm. But Hammer's a rapper. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But I really started. So, 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 what's your take on that? I mean, I like my opinion on it is that uh, you know a lyricist is just is mainly anyone that could write lyrics. You know, like anyone that writes lyrics, but they're professional in their craft. And when I say professional, I'm not meaning by they're getting paid from it. Meaning that they they just have a skill to write. And an MC is someone that 
is a master of ceremony, someone that knows how to perform, someone that knows how to master the crowd when they're on stage, somebody that knows how to control the mic and is just basically a master in performing and entertaining the crowd. And a rapper is someone that is creating songs professionally, you know, to to sell, to, you know, to make money in that way. You know, that like it's more of a when when I think about rappers, I'm thinking more on a commercial level. You know, when I think of MCs, I'm I'm thinking more of like someone that's doing it for the sport and not for a living, you know? So that's pretty much how I see it. You know, that's, um, a, great, that's a great answer. You know, I, I, I'm listening to what you were saying and I, and one of the, you know, you say MCs, I think of course, like who you're going to have coming up on Friday would be Rakim, KRS. Mm-hmm. These are, these are guys who came up during the eighties, uh, you know, late seventies, eighties and really were MC. You had to, you had to have that skill in order to even get on the microphone and get that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also had commercial success. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rakim's style changed the entire game. Right. You know what I mean? And how people did it after him is mm-hmm. different. How people did it after KRS or your public enemy. So I guess in, if you if you want to get some money, you have to kind of master all three. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the real ones start off as MCs, right? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they started off in the Bronx or wherever, because Rakim was from Long Island, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And this is a cat from Long Island who, at that point, Long Island was like, long what? <laughs> and this guy, you know, changes the game, you know, with his style. So, I mean, I, I miss those days so much. It's funny. Yeah. I, have, I have such, <laughs> I really I have such a modified perspective on this. To me, I feel like, like, like so what, what, what Danny and Ant, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a, there was a magazine called 40 Ounces in a Blunt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we kind of published that. That was me. Right. I was the publisher of that. Uh, okay, okay, and, cool. cool. And, and and at one of your events, I got into it with mm-hmm. Poor Righteous Teachers. Poor Righteous oh. Teachers <laughs> took the magazine and went on stage and kind of railed into me. Oh. You kind of remember that, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and we were standing in the back, and Def Jam was there. It was one of our sponsors, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is a bad look, but, <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. Rock that funky joint. But so so. <laughs> but I, my whole thing was lyricist to me. So like, like for me, no, 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 no. I'll pump that shit tomorrow. I'll pump that shit tomorrow. Uh, but if we, if we, if we in the street, we got to have a conversation, but ain't no beef. <laughs> so, so nah, but, but lyricists to me are people like who was, were lyrical to the point that they did not care about the financial success of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like lyricists to me were about, about sharpening their sword to a point where they're eviscerating all competition around them. To me, right, MCs, right. like you said, were like nice, mm-hmm. but there was a there was a commercial aspect to it, or they were they were marketable, and rappers were were commodities that they could sell. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we always so I always looked at like to me, like the best lyricists were never commercially viable. So I'm talking or or not commercially viable in a sense. No, no, no. Well, let me give you some. I, examples I don't think they. I don't think they. Mis- I don't think Lord they Finesse. Yeah. Lord, well, Lord, Lord Finesse was a lyricist. Coogee mm-hmm. Rap was a lyricist in their time. Nas mm-hmm. was a lyricist, but evolved to an MC and ultimate. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so for me, he's still a lyricist. He is, but I, is 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I mean, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of the folks at that time were lyricists. I mean, yeah, you were in the camp of lyricists, but, but I, I agree with you. And I was going to add on in the same way that I think a lyricist is a is a selective word. Like everybody doesn't deserve that title. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could you could put it on anyone, but you know, to Danny's point, is the word right? Yeah, lyricist. But yeah, I think in our in our context in hip hop culture, like we're usually saving that word for the best. And that's really what I think was genius about what we had, you know, by highlighting those people, by really giving them their flowers while they are here, so to speak, you know, by by reminding people that these people will still bust your ass, you know what I'm saying, no matter how old you are, you know what I'm saying, if we need to decode the 40s and the 50s, you know what I'm saying, like folks are out here still uh, holding down a full 90-minute set uh, longer than a lot of folks could ever think of. So, you know, it's it's really a beautiful culture. And, and really, you know, one important thing I, you know, love to talk about is really just where this shit is going. Like the culture, um, mm-hmm. as we move forward into the future right now, whether it's metaverse or the, you know, the importance of the blockchain, Web3, you know, you know, we just, we just launched our own token called BARS, you know, that we're looking to, to use to really tokenize our community. You know, there's there's a whole new wave going on right now. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole new wave right now that is for our community, for the lyricists, for the folks that are, you know, real hip hop folks, et cetera. I think back in the days and now it wasn't about the money. And because of that, the culture suffered in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Because the right people weren't in financial power to make the right moves so people still have to see the balance in the culture today. But now because of all these new ways, because of the internet, because of like the freedom, as I said, of Web3, et cetera, there's a whole new way, younger generation that are training themselves around how to use these technologies and how to be lyrically savvy, like super savvy, actually. You know what I mean? Talking about blockchain and, you know, all of this stuff within their lyrics. Um and so I'm just happy to see it all evolving. You know what I mean? Hey, is is, is yeah. Bars on Coinbase? Because I'm about to buy that. Right not, yet. Not, not, yet. Yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I, I need. I need some of that. I need some of that crypto. It's coming. It's coming. Bars. Is it, currently, bar. no. yeah. is it currently being sold? Get on your platform? bars up. Not yet. Not yet. We not just okay. we just minted about a week ago. We're developing a lyricist lounge style and developing a community around it and learning quickly you know, around what this all means and like, how do you do it? But we minted uh, 10 million on Ethereum and we're about to mint another 100 million on Polygon. And yeah, it's going down. So See, we will let y'all I, know. I, I, I love this in. because this is, this is yeah, sort of was at, was at the uh, crux of the question that I asked about how you thought about what you were doing at the time. And did it feel like you were a part of something bigger before it actually had form to it? Now to hear that you're talking about crypto, and I guess at some point we'll talk about the show. And Alaric had made a point that sort of stuck in my head that the show on MTV was really the precursor to so many shows that people enjoy now. So like Wild and Out um, and all of the sketch shows. And I know it's too early to think about legacy, but what do you think about the trajectory of your crafting a culture or being a part of the tastemakers that where you are now, like, well, how do you think about your, your, your journey in, in this culture? Well, uh, man, I mean, uh, it's totally about legacy and it, it's never too early. You know, um, I, I got three little boys, 
you know, legacy is already in the works. <laughs> you know, I got a couple for Danny, you know, <laughs> you know, um, but like at the end of the day, I'm just saying like, it is totally about legacy. It's totally about seeing the larger picture. And that's what I'm talking about. Like when we think of where the future is going, Six months ago, eight months ago, we started talking about the metaverse in, in our circle. We started holding these calls. We started talking about, like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, mm. what is volumetric capture? What is this idea of, like, moving things into a digital space? What does Black culture, hip-hop culture look like in this digital future? You know, and it was like, if we don't do it, they will. You know, and they'll mm-hmm. do it really well. Like, right now, they're... CGI created characters that have social media, that have Instagram accounts with 200K or 3 million characters. This girl named Little Michaela, you know, there are characters that can be created that essentially can represent Black culture, you know, using voice recognition. You know, you can figure out. Jesus Christ. Right. You, you know, <laughs> so that's right there. <laughs> And if we don't do it, then we, we're really behind. And so that was the thinking behind it. And so, yeah, th- with that mind state, um, it's been like, not just how can we, you know, focus on our brand, but like, how can we move the culture forward in that sense? And then that's where learning about all this other crypto stuff came in. And that's that's the other part that you need because mm-hmm. we can't, the, the, the learning lesson has to be that we can't just, we can't just be on some creative shit all the time, you know, like, oh, that that was dope. That was, oh, yeah, that was dope. No, nigga, like, where's, what's the contract? What's the, what is the long-term plan? Mm. What's the you ROI? Know? Yeah. You, you I, know, I love this idea because it's like, how do we harness the power of what hip-hop has become? You have to, this culture that exists has to have the economic power. Yes. And this is like a vehicle. This is why I, I when you said bars, I'm like excited. Mm. Like I want to <laughs> see that on my, I want to see that on my Coinbase trade base, right? <laughs> yeah, I want to <laughs> see that on my Coinbase yeah. trade list. Yes, bro. Because because yeah. imagine hip hop, and we're investing in it, but, but not this was so not interesting. In the, not in just the music, in in the culture, in the people, in the people that love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but his his was so interesting is this the that only might become thing the most powerful thing on the planet. The only thing that hip hop has been missing as a culture is a currency. Mm-hmm. Like we, it has a language, it has a soundtrack, mm-hmm. it has it has a it has technically it has a flag, it has all of the things that a culture has. The only thing that it was really missing was a currency, and what I'm hearing now is you guys are developing that. So that's really actually fascinating to me. God damn, thank you, bro. Good Dakota 40 family. This is it. Here to let you know that you can now catch Dakota 40 after dark on a new day and time. Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So pour yourself a nice glass of something, something to unwind and come kick it with the crew this and every Thursday night at 10 p.m. on the East Coast, 7 p.m. on the West for Dakota 40 after dark. What I like the most is that hip hop started in the BX and, and it was started because People didn't have instruments to play music. Opportunities were cut away from the community. So people had to make their own music. And it was illegal. Like you couldn't even have parties back then. Mm -hmm. 
then they started to exploit it. And then record labels got a hand on the shit. Now, this is the second opportunity, and you guys are not letting it happen again without having a fucking footprint or having your fucking hand in the pot. And that's so important because, like you said, they're going to they're going to make it. They're going to do something with it if we don't do something with it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you guys are now taking this next step with this metaverse stuff, and I'm still learning about all of that stuff myself, but it's dope because, you know, it 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 always it, they've done it to every black form of music since the beginning. They did it with jazz. They did it with rock and roll. They did it. They did it with hip hop. They did. They was running shit. And now record labels. What record labels don't mean shit anymore. Right. Because anyone could get an. You can literally make an album on an iPhone now. So mm-hmm. the fact that you guys are. Like, nah, we're not going to let them get it again, which is, I, I, you know, I applaud you guys for doing that, man. It's And uh, like like Rick said, I want someone to uh, digital currency because I like fucking with the stock market. <laughs> and uh, look, <laughs> let me get my coins early. <laughs> you know? But yeah, no, indeed. what you guys are doing is dope, man. I, I really Thank you, know, bro. I you appreciate guys that. that. Man, for real. Well, we absolutely have to have you back to help us through this 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 digital world because... You're gonna have to explain it slowly. Yes. For the forties, because this is decoding forty. So you're gonna have to decode. <laughs> yes. 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 Have, what do you say? No. Let's let's get into it. Let's get because, into it. Because Man. not not everybody is as technically savvy, not as as culturally savvy as as you know as as maybe we are or you are because you're right. definitely on another digital level. So we're gonna have to help the audience get there. That's no problem. And you know, it's it is yeah, okay. and it's it's all about educating our communities as well, you know, mm. because uh, you know, once we get this up and running, we want our youth, you know, we want we want the next generation. Of course, there's like I believe like, you know, the next generation is smarter than us when it comes to technology. But uh, you know, there's still a lot of folks that live in, you know lower class communities that they need to be educated on this. Talk about yeah. the kids. My daughter kicking yeah. my ass already. She's 14 years old. You mm-hmm. know, I can help you, dad, with uh, right. editing. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, all I can, I, I know how to log on. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can get on the computer. Like, just say yeah. thank you. Just say thank you, man. <laughs> you, 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 you're not lying. You, you just go, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Like, <laughs> even, even, even starting businesses and things of that nature, like, they are so much more savvy than because you think about the mm-hmm. average one or two year old. They already they they already swiping on on mm-hmm. on yeah. these iPads. It's like they're mm-hmm. born with this uh, ability to navigate these systems a lot quicker than we are right now. And you know, it's what you guys are creating is not only you, you you're doing something with the metaverse. You're creating generational wealth because now your kids will take over and take it to the next level. Absolutely, and that's what it's all about, man. Because mm-hmm. If we don't, if we don't guard this shit, they will mm-hmm. take it and run with it. Yeah, you know, and you see a lot of these, 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 you see a lot of these memes and shit like that. Like a hundred years from now, Tupac will be white, <laughs> right? Or, or, or I, I even because I'm just to jump in, brother. Like you know, or it'll be a CGI rendered character, right? Tupac version, right? Mm-hmm. That fifty years from now, they don't care. Right. Mm-hmm. We're the only ones that's precious to what they look like. Yes, right. We're the only yeah. ones that remember what they yes. look like. In the future, the kids are already living in this graphic, digitally right. rendered mm-hmm. 
future, Mm -hmm. in the future, right? And so that's why it's important that we get involved now, that we learn this, that we create the skill set needed, because it's going to all be about what's captured now and then what that looks like in this digital world, whether we like it or not. Creating our own stamp on history. Yeah. You know, the big thing now is critical race theory, critical race theory and how they want to just basically manipulate and change what it is. We have to be on the ground floor with that because they Mm -hmm. will run with this shit. And like I said, Tupac will be white with red hair if we don't if we don't control (laughs) right now what's going on, man. So Uh it's so important that you guys are doing that, man. Big ups. This is amazing. So so I have a question and maybe we can close out on this. Where do you guys see what you you guys are doing in the next like five to 10 years? What do you get? What do you guys see yourselves at? You know, once we uh, get this coin out there, we're going to be doing a lot of major things, not just with that. And and also, of course, you know, along with the metaverse, but creating like online and offline platforms, you know, we still want to have like major bases like lyricist lounge centers where we will have like you know our performances we'll have studios a bunch of different you know setups for all these up-and-coming artists and and entrepreneurs where they could you know have a a place a home where they could develop all of their skills and, and everything like that so that's one of the things and there's a lot more. You know, it's really just about growing the brand, uh, figuring out what is the plan uh, down the line, really, around this DAO that we're developing. Uh, and the DAO is really just like a community-led organization. When you purchase a, one certain, so they have like certain tokens that allow you to be a community member and you can vote. Um, and that will allow the community to vote on what we should do. You know, what are we? And I think that's the difference in the thinking. It's no longer just him and I. We've done it for 30 years. Now we're saying, okay, now how do we as a community take this shit forward? Like, you know, you represent the brand, you like the brand, now be a part of the brand, co own the vision through the token, you know, you have ownership. Um, and so I think that's that's really where we're going. And then from there, we'll see, man, you know. Sounds like a real democracy. <laughs> yeah, Something I know. that we are lacking, right? So, yeah. We'll yeah. Yo, I love the evolution that you brothers have uh, taken. I, I was listening in terms of your mentor poured into you and you've poured into other people and you have kept it uh, reciprocating. And that, I think that's super dope. Yeah. I appreciate Thanks, man. it. Appreciate you know, in, in, in my selfish universe, I would love to see you guys do what you did on Orchard Street, like, nationally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because even though, you know, like, hip-hop is, has gone through mm-hmm. a variety of different iterations, mm-hmm. the top-selling hip-hop artists are lyricists. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, the biggest artists are lyricists. Whether we're talking about Jay-Z, or we're talking about Drake, or we're talking about Kendrick Lamar, or we're talking about J. Cole, the top artists are lyricists. So I even think now. lyrics... Even M. Yeah. Lyrics still matter. And I think that um, even the 
a the baby. I, I yeah, actually mean like yeah, he's he's baby. Baby. Little, baby. Yeah, little baby. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and little baby. 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 Yeah. Little, little baby. baby. Bang, bang. Yeah. Baby. Bang's dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh-huh. Is there a baby baby? <laughs> nah, we just made it. Might will be. Oh, it will be yeah, a baby baby. Album, album dropping next week. Album dropping yeah. next week. Stream that. Yeah, baby yeah. squared. Algorithm created. AI created album. But be, because lyrics lyrics still rule, I think I would love to see really exploring what's happening around the country lyrically, mm-hmm. whether in, in different regions of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that to we, me, we got a, we got a chapter in Nigeria right now. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. we got yeah. a lyrics chapter in Nigeria, and, yeah. and it's the same concept, you know. And so, yes, man, thank you for saying that. And it's needed. And, you know, that's what we're working on, man. Do, you know, it needs to be a TV show. That's coming too. Where's the best place for everybody to find you guys, man? Uh, right now on IG. Yeah, on IG. And Twitter. We're we, yeah. we going to get our Twitter back up and running. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. So Lyricist Lounge on my IG only, and Twitter. My only complaint is when I Google you guys, Mm-hmm. I'm not getting enough information about why you gotta always have an old man complaint. I'm sorry. I got a complaint for you, whippersnappers. This is <laughs> my, this is my <laughs> old man complaint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad he brought that up. Is that intentional? You guys are just keeping a low no, profile. We just we just kind of ignored like the last 10 years of like the whole kind of internet wave, et cetera, like as a brand. And in a lot of ways, I think it's going to work to our favor because like because we weren't really out there. You know, um, I feel like when you talk to, you know, like a young kid, if you were beating them in the head, like, y'all don't know lyricist land, you got to be up on this. Y'all don't know old school. Right. Like we kind of skipped a lot of that. And it's I think it's going to work to our favor, man. Cause yeah. We're actually a brand now, especially with NFTs. Right. It's about what you can't find. It's about what you haven't seen. You know what I mean? So so, so crazy to me that you guys have no footprint, but you're talking about NFTs and crypto. It bothers my mind. It's such a disconnect for me. That's a disconnect. In the meantime, I helped to launch Current TV for Al Gore back in the days, and that was all about user-generated content in 05. And, you know, we've been in advertising and marketing, and, you know, it's not like we're not out here, you know, but what, what was important as a brand, which was giving light to new artists and allowing people to have a platform that couldn't be found, then nowadays you have Google, right? Nowadays you had all these blogs, you had all these discovery ways to learn about your new artists. So the brand wasn't as needed in the same ways. Uh, But again, I think now we're coming back around with it in the right way, with the right community and, you know, with the right plan. Well, if you guys need to... If you need yeah. a sponsor an ice cream, I got Coquito ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here yeah. for it. And listen, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm doing a show in it. your house. <laughs> <laughs> listen, we'll work it out because I'll fucking I'll get an ice cream maker. We'll be making ice cream all goddamn Jersey's Lounge, Jersey City. Yeah, sponsored by <laughs> Terry's Coquito ice cream. <laughs> and Ant's gonna be hanging yeah. out by the ice cream machine. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have Buckshot sitting next to Special Ed eating ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. But uh, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. So, listen, man. I want to thank 
Danny and Ann, I want to thank you guys for coming in to hang out with us, man. We really appreciate yeah, it, man. It's, it's, yes. it's, 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 yeah, it's a pleasure yeah, and an honor thank to have you. you on the show. I think we're not only fans, you know what I'm saying, of the culture, but we're fans of Lyricist Lounge and, and, and we're students of the culture over here at Decoding 40, as, especially as we get, as we get uh, older. So we really yeah, appreciate yeah. not only what yeah. you did, but we're looking forward to what you're, what you're about to do, man. So we really appreciate, appreciate you guys you. coming on, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate thank you, man. You. How, how long y'all been doing the podcast, sir? How long has it been? We're, we're, we're in two almost, years. We're in two years. Episode 116. Oh, oh wow. 116. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is All great. Right. Yeah, deep. So man, you're going to have to change it to decoding 50 at a certain point. In a, in a minute, it's going to come to that point. <laughs> Pretty, Pretty soon. Years. Pretty soon. Couple just, more years. Listen, I think it just might be decoding by the time just we get decoding. to decoding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. We'll, we'll, we'll have the, net, the network with franchises by then. There'll be another exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Right. Now let's talk. Call us anytime, man. You know, if y'all need help with, with any of this stuff we talked about, hit us up. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. All right. Take care. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, guys, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Peace. Peace. All right. Well, that is our show for this week. Unless you guys got any last words, fellas, what's going on? Anything? What did we learn today? I love hip hop, man. I fucking love, love, love hip hop. I love real hip hop. And those two brothers represent a time and place that is it's always in my heart and anytime i play something in in that realm of hip-hop those 90s tunes it just brings you back so the music brings you back and those stories brought me back and those guys man are, are just that that's the culture man that's what it is that's new york greasy fucking four chicken wings and fried rice hip-hop right there that's, hey. that's what it is that's what it is they're, man. they're, they're, they're the yeah. standard bearers of the culture yeah, yeah man I'm excited to see what they're going to do next. I learned yeah. something a little bit different, though. Um, I learned uh, smoke your crack in private if you don't want people to <laughs> call you out and <laughs> disrupt your groove. Find a uh, find a quiet location for your crack smoking. Yes, and you, you won't know. be disturbed. And you won't be disturbed. Take it to the park. Take it in the park. No, but seriously, I am excited about that NFT. That's pretty dope. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. 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 Bars. I take 10,000 of the bars. bars right now. Bars. That was bars. Dope. Seriously. Yeah, that's dope. That's I want dope. I want those bars. You yeah, know what I, I learned? I learned that I need uh Coquito ice cream in my life. Oh. I, I've <laughs> coming soon, gentlemen. Coming soon. I need two pints. in my life. I need two pints. Next 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 Saturday and Sunday I'll be making my deliveries so you guys will all get a sample of the ice cream cuz I I'll be making next, some wait. more. Not this Saturday and Sunday, the following after Thanksgiving? No, no, no. Well, Thanksgiving week is not this week. It's the next week after that. Two weeks. Right. Okay. So this coming Saturday is when I'm making my deliveries. Oh, word. So I'll, yeah. And I'll drop off some ice cream for you. All right. Rick, Rick, I'll make two two servings. I'll make two servings. One. My wife might eat it before I get home. No. I have a a question. That's only right. Can you customize your Coquito order? What What are you talking about? Right, okay, t- what kind I'll of customization are you talking about? Well, you, you haven't ordered any yet, so put your orders in now. I'm gonna order. I'm gonna order. I'm yeah, gonna order. yeah. Gonna Let order. me know because I, I'm. I'll be. I'll be in. The, I'll be chefing it up. I'll be in the kitchen, son, taking that baking soda. <laughs> baking soda. I got baking <laughs> wait, soda. Wait. You making crack? Nah. Well, it is crack when you taste it. That you crack want cream. Some more. I'm in love with coquito. coquito. So yeah, uh, I'll be. I'll be in the kitchen Thursday. So let me know before Thursday so I can put your orders in. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, man. Oh, so you, you in Jersey now? Shit, you, you can. I'm easy. Real. I'm close. Yeah, I'm cl- yeah. There's no tolls. This I'm there's right no here. No fucking tolls anymore. This guy. No tolls, Poppy. All right, it's gonna be Jersey versus New York pretty soon. Yeah, for real. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's what sorry. it is now. Yeah, that's what well, it is right now. Well, yeah. Next we episode. Got guns. We got Next guns. Episode, <laughs> oh shit! Jersey versus New York. <laughs> we got illegal guns. How about that? <laughs> they got yeah. guns. We got guns too. What up, son, Duke? <laughs> Our guns don't wow. have no numbers on them. Exactly. It's just illegal. <laughs> we got ghost guns. Ghost guns. <laughs> uh, we got the law on our side, pimp. All right, let's get out of here. All right, guys. Listen, we appreciate you for listening to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the guys from the Lyricist Lounge. Make sure you check us out every Friday. New episode. Our live shows are Thursday at 9 p.m. on YouTube, Facebook. That's Thursday at 10 p.m. Thursday at 10 p.m. Thursday at 10 p.m. And if you want to... it's, it's fine. I just drank a bottle of wine. And if you want to leave us a message, 618-608-4040. Tell us what you think about the show. Appreciate you guys. Give us a call. Check us out on all platforms, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.